What's up guys, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode of the PT Coffee Cast, I just wanted to touch base with you and say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been rocking with us since day one, we appreciate your support. Every like, comment, share, subscribe, whatever it is, truly does mean the world to us and it continues to push us to put out the best possible content for you guys. Before we hop in, I just want to talk to you about our partnership with Physio Network. Physio Network is on a mission to improve physiotherapy standards worldwide. They do this through their research reviews. If you sign up, you'll get 12 research reviews per month in both written and audio form. Articles are selected and appraised by industry experts such as Sandy Hilton, Mary O'Keefe, Tom Goom. Um, former PT Coffee Cast guests such as Teddy Wilsey, Sam Spinelli, Jared Hall, Tom Walters, and plenty more. They're clinically relevant and recently published, and they take less than five minutes to read one review, saving you hours of work. This also solves that problem that we all struggle with. How do we stay up to date with the research? Physio Network has you covered. They also give you access to a members-only Facebook group, and you can do quizzes that will get you CEU points. They got it all. If you guys are interested in trying out Physio Network, you can start your seven-day free trial now by using the link in the show notes or our bio on Instagram. This will give you the option to play around, see what you like. Do you like listening? Do you like reading? And just seeing the amazing content that they give you guys, and then you will join because Physio Network is amazing. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you have signed up for Physio Network, please let us know how your experience has gone. We'd love to hear, and we can pass on that information to them. Also, we are super pumped to finally announce the release of the Movement Coffee Club. What is this, you ask? This is a way that you guys can continue to connect and support the PT Coffee Cast community. So we have three clubs available for you guys. We have the Espresso Club, which each month you will get a personal message from Will and myself thanking you for the support the second club we have is the cafe club where you get everything in the espresso club as well as a shout out on an episode put on the list of the coffee club supporters and a bonus episode each month and then lastly we have our favorite club the mug club you get everything in the first two clubs as well as a pt coffee cast mug a monthly coffee subscription of our own coffee blend and a monthly mug club zoom call the reason why we put this club out is we want to continue to develop ways that we can connect with you guys the community as well as have an opportunity for you to support us, um, show us some love, and allow for us to continue to develop and put out the best possible content. You guys can support us for as little as $3 a month. This money is going to go directly back into the podcast for new things like audio equipment, video equipment for better video content, merch, coffee. Everything's going to go back into the PT Coffee Cast so we can continue to provide you guys with some pretty cool opportunities. If you're interested in supporting us, you can check the link in our bio on Instagram at the PT Coffee Cast or at the Movement PTs and click the Coffee Club as well as in our show notes of each episode. We'll have a link there for you to head over and join. Guys, thank you so much for the continued support and we hope that you enjoy this episode of the PT Coffee Cast. Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast, where we sit down and talk about physical therapy, health, and whatever else comes to mind during our coffee-infused conversations. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the PT Coffee Cast, brought to you by the Movement 
My name is Dalton, and with me, as always, is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? I'm doing excellent, man. I have this delicious coffee and this great mug, and I'm feeling good, ready to go. How about you? I'm good, man. I'm surprised to see you up this early. Um, me too. I don't usually see the beard until at least 10 a.m. That's usually when he's in full form, so I'm glad to see you up and at it. Sleep is how it grows, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's key for recovery. Yeah, that's right. All right, guys, we are going to continue on and actually wrap up our new grad series. So if you've been following along, we've put out four episodes with some hype new grads. And to cap it off, we have some PT Coffee Cast legends on the podcast today. <laughs> we have Zach and Steph, who are the co-founders of Level Up. They're big mentors and friends of ours, and we're super stoked to have them on to kind of wrap up this series that we've done so far. So Zach and Steph, welcome. Thank you for having us. Wow, that was a beautiful introduction, and I'm feeling very honored that Will and the Beard are up this early for us. <laughs> I, I feel quite honored. I'm also honored that you guys are here because, you know, we were talking about this before, but you got a new puppy. And I hear that's been a little stressful. Yeah, don't jinx it. You might hear a little bit here and yeah, there in the background. Young, young, Penny, young Penny's trying to take a nap in the crate right now. We took her to the dog park this morning to try and get some sprints out so she could sleep. But, you know, she just wants to be close to us. Yeah, she likes to be where the people are. What is your learning experience so far with having this dog? What do you guys learn? I know you're all about takeaways, so... I actually, well, I think you should go first because I'm actually more curious about. <laughs> she's definitely, so um, I guess ironically her name, she's a rescue pup and her name at the uh, rescue is Patience. And that is exactly what she's taught me. Her name is Penny, Penelope Grace. Um, but yeah, Patience is probably one of the biggest things she's, she's taught me because I'm constantly going like living my life with urgency, workaholic to the T and like, she's really forced me to have to pause a little bit. Um, Much like myself. Yeah. So like <laughs> me and Steph are the opposite. So Steph like slows everything down. I'm like always going. So Penny's really taught me how to like slow it down, being more patient. She's 13 weeks old. So like, I can't expect <laughs> her to be like a perfectly well-trained dog. So you know, it's a, uh, she's freaking adorable. So as well, it's well worth it, but it's been a good, um, I think it's been a good perspective check. Yeah. I can't, I can't disagree with that. I would also say that, um, although I am a little bit slower and calculated with most things in my life, I also am very much so a planner and you have to realize, and again, you're going to have to realize that with kids, but with Penny, it's very much so like you can have all the plans that you want for the day. You can time block, you can do all those things. Um, and she might alter that a little bit and that's also okay. Like you still, you, you can still get done most of what you need to. And, and if you don't for that day, it's also not the end of the world. So I think for me mentally, that's been, been huge. Cause I'm very much so like, uh, internally like beat myself up if I don't get done what I want to, um, for that day. So maybe different forms, but I think patience in a couple different forms for both of us. Yeah, and this is good. We'll be able to play this back on tape when we're both getting frustrated at each other if we're not. Getting there you go. Steph, there you remember go. when you said that you were happy that you learned that you couldn't beat yourself? Remember when you said you weren't going to yell at her in the moment and grab her by the collar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. No, that's great. Um, I feel like there's a lot of like 
you know, parallels with, uh, with rehab, you know, you got to have patience, you got to embrace the uncertainty of the, the unknowns, you know, there's a lot of, uh, learning experiences there, but before we dive into all that fun stuff, um, for those who maybe don't know you guys or know level up, maybe let's like set the stage for what that is. And then we can kind of dive into all the new grad fun stuff. So just getting right into what is level up or yeah. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe just like a brief, well, you guys can intro yourself too. And then we can go like a brief little level up summary of what it is. All right. So why don't we start with intros and we'll just do super brief spark notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause we're, uh, we're getting old now. So speaking of, we'll go, (laughs) we'll go um, oldest to youngest. So why don't you start us off? Thank you. That was very nice. (laughs) I am a born and raised New Jerseyan. So I always say this, but don't judge me. Um, We actually met, we both went to Ithaca College and went through their DPT program. Um, And then I stick around Ithaca and did an ortho residency. And then I did travel PT for two years. During that time, really kind of, I've spoken to this before too, but sort of became a little bit disenchanted with the general hospital-based outpatient world and really wanted to be in a place where I felt like I was the dumbest in the room on purpose and that everybody around me was trying to get better. And the, the environment at Boston PT and Wellness was just that. So I had obviously still stayed in touch and was close with Zach from school. Um, we were not dating at the time. <laughs> I, I moved here to work with him and his team and, and with Dave, our boss and grow that business. And, uh, kind of crazy to see where both that business and level up are now. Um, but yeah, other than that, my, my nerd passion is mostly ACL rehab, which most people know. Um, but again, the bigger picture of being able to pay it forward and influence the, the students and new grads of the future, cause they're the ones that are going to make the changes. Um, that is definitely where most of my brain and heart space go. So we'll talk about level up in a minute. But. Word. So I, yeah, I graduated Ithaca's DPT program in 2015. Um, so notice Steph, I didn't say the date. So Steph was my TA uh, for, for summer anatomy and we were great friends. I really like really looked up to her as a mentor knew that we would never ever date because she was like such a goody two shoes, like, you know, and I was going out raging and uh, I was just like, it would never work. It would never work. And so we, but we always were great friends. And so, yeah, I graduated. I was super passionate about kind of like bridging in strength and conditioning into what I was doing. Um, I was super lucky to get rejected from a sports residency and then ending up at Boston PT and wellness and really helping grow that. It was really a startup, you know, it was one other PT and me, and it was really cool to just build it out. And when Steph was, um, you know, struggling through this like existential crisis with travel PT, you know, we were talking with Dave and we were like, she would be an incredible fit. Like she's a, she's a savage PT, you know, there was no intention there at all. Like she would come town to town and visit and like we would sleep on separate couches type of thing. And yeah, and then she, we added her to the team and it was killer. She's an amazing PT and we were able to grow Boston PT from there, open up our second clinic. And um, yeah, and that's really been it. It's just a really fun work culture. And, and then other than that, it's just been diving into level up. So I think that was sort of like the shared passion was, um, you know, at Boston PT kind of being an embodiment of, you know, trying to fight against the daily struggle of like patients coming in 
every single day with really shitty narratives that they have been told by past physical therapists, past chiros, past doctors, and us being like, you know, constantly putting out fires, trying to de-educate on unhelpful beliefs. But, you know, so being frustrated with that, but then also being like, holy shit, like we were that, like we were those shitty physical therapists <laughs> two years ago, giving those same narratives. Um, Cause it's all well-intended, but that's a lot of what we were learning in school. So we were kind of like, how the hell do we make an impact in this industry knowing that, right? And so that was sort of the impetus for creating Level Up was just this, you know, vehicle for driving positive change, really through forcing more reflection and critical thinking and communication skills. And that's, and that's really what it is, you know, at its, uh, the Trojan horse is this, you know, four month free mentorship that we provide that focuses on critical thinking and communication skills. But as you guys know, it, it goes a lot deeper than that. It's really turned into one of the most engaging electric communities of just passionate mofos that all want to do better um, for the patients that we all serve. Right. That's, that's ultimately, I think the thing. I feel like it's an extension us. of my family at this point. Yeah. We were just talking yesterday about, um, you know, you just had Nisha on and we've never actually met Nisha in person and we were reflecting and there's so many people in this community that we haven't physically met in person, especially, I mean, in addition with COVID, but even prior to that, um, that I feel like I know that I would be able to vouch for. And she was saying something like, if, if I saw somebody in another state with a level up shirt, I would be able to say like, oh, I could hang out with you. Like, and it, again, it's, we definitely wanted the the community feel and to really create something special, but I still, you know, I don't know. I can only speak for myself, but I think that I can speak for both of us also. When I say like, we didn't expect this to, to be as kind of like deeply rooted slash have such a community where like anybody and everyone is willing to help somebody if they can and ask any sort of questions and be able to respectfully challenge each other. It, um, the people in this community are freaking rock stars. Yeah, no doubt. And like sitting at the outside, well, inside and outside watching it grow, it's crazy to think back to like when you first started, like I remember chatting before you even launched and like, yep. it's just, it's, it, it is crazy. Like when we have that conversation with Nisha and then you say that thing, like if I see someone with a level up shirt, like <laughs> you feel like a family, like that's mind blowing to me sometimes like thinking about that. Um, so that's pretty cool to hear you guys say that. The question that I wanted to go ahead, Zach, you can say something. No, I was just going to say, and like, and it's just so cool to see like what you, like for us, like it's so, um, I feel like proud parents. <laughs> yeah. Like, see, cause like I literally fucking remember sitting in my Southie apartment talking with you guys when we didn't even like, like pre launching anything. Right. And seeing how you guys have grown and like taking not just it's not just level up, but the community and the other networks around it. And just like a, a, you know, a band of mentors that have been able to help guide you and seeing what you two have created with your new clinic is just, you know, like that's what it's all it's about. Really awesome. It's like helping provide a map and guidance to help bring this stuff to life. And like, you guys couldn't be bringing it more to life. And that's like one of the most rewarding, you know, invigorating things to see. Yeah, no, appreciate that. We'll um, get up there once it's safe. Yes. Yeah, yes. Last Canada trip was so hype. Wouldn't it was awesome. get to hang out together? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, diving into the new grad stuff, I want to like kind of get into some of the nitty gritty of it. Like, what are what are some of like the consistent struggles you see with the new grads that come into 
the cohorts or even just people that are reaching out to you guys like, hey, I'm struggling with X? So it's interesting. I think I think things are I think things are shifting a little bit where it's actually it's definitely not like overpowering one way or the other because there's still a mix. There's still some people that like really aren't exposed to any of this stuff. So they're kind of coming in just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is going on right now? Um, they've never thought about other things outside of what they're learning in school. Um, but I think we are starting to see some folks who are kind of, A, struggling with what they're being taught in school because it's conflicting to what they're kind of learning in the social media spheres, but also people that are now starting to kind of like, you know, Dunning-Kruger almost, the kind of like bastardization of biopsychosocial model where it's like, you know, students go, like we had, we were dealing with a case study with a, a co last cohort mentee where like, just like very much extreme down, like the kind of like pain science rabbit hole, if you will. And, um, you know, really running hard with that, which is not a, not a bad thing. It's a good journey to go through, but now it's almost like trying to reconcile everything into this more updated, well-rounded approach. So I think that's been one of the like new kind of struggles is, yeah. is helping, helping new grads really like find that humility and not be as antagonistic at like their CIs or professors and continue like that's a consistent struggle is like learning how to have these really emotionally charged conversations with a more constructive attitude. It's kind of like a, it's kind of a good problem to have <laughs> in a way that what we're seeing, because I think that's also where the reflection and communication pieces come in because what happens is now there is almost this like new wave or new cohort of, of better informed graduates. And they can, as Zach spoken to before too, like it can make you feel a little bit bitter or resentful for some of the things that you've had to go through quote unquote in school. And then also getting out on clinical and in this particular case, not necessarily seeing eye to eye with your CI and going into it and thinking about it reasoning things like, oh, they just don't understand biopsychosocial or they just don't understand because they're like, you know, they're old school and it's, it's not always that clear cut. And there are things that experience does teach you that a new grad doesn't necessarily have yet. And there's certain things where like now you might be having two different conversations and it's resulting in a little bit of, of conflict or, or not seeing eye to eye. Whereas if you can self-reflect as the now new grad and say, okay, there might be a little bit of this that I don't quite, you know, some of this gray area I don't quite get. And this, this CI or this person isn't coming from a, a bad place where they're like, oh, these, you know, these, these youngsters, they whatever. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, like, cause that's, that's how it can feel a little bit, I'm sure. Um, and you're so passionate and so, you know so much that this, this way that you've learned, whether it's with us or on social media or new updated research that like, this is the way, you know, and this, anything that might not exactly look that way, then you get um, maybe a little defensive or something like that. So I think that that's also a little bit of a, a unique problem we've been seeing more of, but it's, again, I would much rather have that problem yeah, and, and problem. work on, you know, giving people tools to reflect and then have those conversations because without those conversations, the profession will stay right where it is. What I really appreciate from you guys was like, <clears throat> and I remember being in this position that you're just talking about, like being so frustrated at 
uh, you know, what I was learning on my placements and how I had to treat and when I felt like I knew there was a better way. Um, I really appreciate that you guys listened to that uh, and came from like a listening first approach, you know, because uh, I feel like oftentimes you can kind of feel like you're on your own. You know, so just having like other people to be able to be like, man, I'm so frustrated by what I'm going through, you know, because yeah. I think you need yeah. that too. Yeah, I mean. And they're valid frustrations. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, misery loves company. And that's why, you know, being able to have a community of people all kind of like frustrated with it, you know, it's really comforting to have that. And, and we're doing something about it, right? It's it's constructive. So it's uh yeah it's it's a delicate balancing act but it's amazing to be able to have a community where we can channel the frustrations into something constructive as well yeah and so i think that's a common thing people struggle with because i was just seeing like a young a young clinician who's on like their first placement and i was actually like helping her with an injury and she brought up that same kind of thing and i'm wondering how you guys help new grads navigate that situation because that is going to pop up. How, what advice do you give them on that scenario there? What, can you clarify which scenario? With, with regards to like your approach differing from the CIs and the CIs being maybe more, let's say, quote unquote, old school or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, that, that leads to that conflict. Because I feel like sometimes, and I was there too, is like you get frustrated and then you don't take anything away from the, the experience yeah. or the placement at all. And you only have so many of those, you know? So. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the, I think the advice stays pretty consistent with like what we've kind of always spoke about. You know, I was just, it's fresh in my mind because I was just reviewing and editing the month two lecture on critical thinking, but it, it's really like, you have to enter into the conversations with a true genuine starting point of like, not who's right or wrong, but why do we view things differently? So you need to really be genuinely curious about understanding your CI's perspective and really trying to take the time to learn that and understand that. And, and if you, I think if you can demonstrate that genuinely and authentically, I think it lowers the guard down and it allows you to share your perspective in a non-antagonistic way where maybe their mind doesn't change, but like the goal is to just build a relationship where you can talk about these things openly without being like, oh, you you youngsters don't know anything, like you you biopsychosocial youngsters trying to force this pain science and the youngster like you old heads trying to nocebo everyone. Like it just, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't get anywhere. So well, right, like it need, there needs to be humility on both sides. And I think mm -hmm. if you can, I think if the students who are frustrated can lead with humility and like a genuine curiosity to learn their perspective, I think there's a much greater chance of at least having some sort of constructive conversation, even if it doesn't necessarily lead to like a paradigm shift <laughs> in the, in the CI, let's say in a day or a week. And I do think that in general, we can get into the habit, especially on social media of having some of those questions be um, where's your references for that? And I do, I will just caution people that the, the genuine curiosity that Zach is speaking about isn't asking for resources, is not asking for what's your, um, you know, well, it's part of it, but well, not the I understand it's not what you lead with is more, of, no. is yeah. more yeah. of my point. And, um, because that can also sometimes be a, a, a comfort question that people can lean on, but it is, you know, really 
the, I think leading humility almost first and saying like, you know, I'm not really familiar with this way of approaching something like, can you, can you sort of unpack that a little bit for me or something like that? That's literally going to not sound like you're being sarcastic or, you know, um, I think that that actually, whether or not they quote unquote, change their mind, that doesn't matter so much because you've learned something they've probably gain something from it as well. And you never know, you know, after your, let's say it's a clinical rotation after you leave, you don't know what they might dive into and, and think about and, or change their practice a little bit when you're not there either. Yeah. I, I, you're, you're spot on. Like the key is humility because like we have students that shape us and like change our practice, but like we're open, like we are intentionally open to being challenged and having that. And so it's like, you see the importance of a culture shift of like these values of humility. And so that's why, you know, again, it's less about like right or wrong, but more about CIs and, and more of the educators having that humility so that it's more of a two-way street and less of this like passive didactic, this is the way it's done. How dare you question me type of thing. It should really be going both ways because then both parties win. Yeah. And I think it's why it's so important to have, you know, something like level up or, or like a relationship with like a friend or another clinician that you can have or a student, you know, that you can bounce these thoughts off. Cause like we experienced that obviously when we were in school and one way that we reconciled obviously was being part of level up, but also like taking the struggles that we had in clinic and then having a conversation between each other as to how we would approach it from our lens. And I think that was super helpful um, to at least like work through that. Because I think a big struggle for students is like, you're learning all these skills, like how to listen, how to communicate, how to implement education, pain science, but then you want to go and try to practice those in clinic. And it's hard. Sometimes you get like shut down or you can't implement them. And so a way that we did it was having kind of those conversations amongst each other. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's a, it's a perfect, it's a perfect outlet. And where we are, we are hopeful that the level up community can be that outlet, the constructive outlet for people that you're talking about. Cause not everybody has, you know, a, even one or, and, or a group of people that they can, like you just described, bounce ideas off of, have car- harder conversations, um, and quote unquote practice. How, so you guys mentioned like you've seen somewhat of a shift of like clinicians or students or new grads coming into level up over the course of the years, like that you've been doing this. Um, what is, what is that shift? Like, is it a shift in approach? Like, I'm always curious because I know you guys are on the mission of changing the way people like approach healthcare and, I'm wondering if it's bleeding deeper into like the education system or we're seeing these shifts that we all hope are happening, you know? I think, I mean, like Steph said, this is, I think overall the shift is extremely positive because people are really starting to embrace that it's bigger than just biomedicine, at least in the MSK space, you know, without, without writing it off and without, you know, downplaying the importance of it, it's people are really grasping onto how important it is. I, I think it's just, I, I don't know. It's almost like there's this inevitable journey or process that happen, that has to happen when you're learning the foundational stuff where you almost have to kind of like, as you're exposed to more of the kind of like, you know, nuances and complexities of pain, it's almost impossible not to go down the, the road of, I remember vividly like me being a new grad 
And the, you know, I was giving the pain talk to most of my, most of my patients or telling them, Oh, pain, you know, pain is just a, it's just your brain's perception of threat. You know, that's all that's going on and realizing that that might not be the most helpful narrative um, to be providing to people. And it might not necessarily be valid, you know, as a claim. Right. So reflecting on that, I think that's just been the only sort of like faux pas of the shift is, is people kind of like going through that, but hopefully they're going through it a little bit faster because we are seeing now in academia, a lot of programs that are really starting to kind of, again, when we connect with some of these programs, they're teaching some of the stuff, but the biggest thing that they're doing is having humility and they're letting their students know, Hey, it's messy. Like what we're learning for the boards isn't necessarily like 100% on point. So here's the other counterpoints to it. And they're starting to actually expose them to some of the uncertainty earlier on. And I think that's extremely positive. And I think you are, we are like that, that ultimately at the end of the day, like one of our biggest missions is really, you know, helping to nudge for, you know, responsible reform at the academic level. Because like when you have 90 people graduating from a cohort, and five to 10 of them are like up to date and about championing this, that's terrifying that 80 people are going out into their communities and they're still kind of spreading not the best narratives in the world. I'd rather 10 people going out telling people that pain is a, you know, perception of their brain or like their brain's perception of threat. But, you know, it's a, there's a huge opportunity still to be had in terms of just continuing to get more and more people on board. But that's just been some of the trials yeah. and tribulations. I, th I think you spoke to mostly what, what I was going to say, but I think as far as another shift aside from just in kind of the individuals themselves, have also been a lot more crosstalk between these mentees or students and their, their teachers. And that is something that I, if I think back to when I was in school, I definitely didn't have the confidence to, to do that at all. And I think that they are, there's been a handful that have connected us with some of their professors and resulted in a lot of good conversations and some podcasts and hopefully some future partnerships. And that's like the slow trickle yeah. that we would love to see, because obviously, again, it's either going to be the students and new grads themselves, or it's going to be the people that are already in positions where they are influencing the curriculum and they're influencing what's going on. And, you know, that's another huge kind of branch that we want to be a part of. And that's definitely a shift that I've noticed. Like there's just been more, it's been more common that these, these students and new grads that are part of Level Up are initiating conversation with their professors and connecting us. And it's been really, really cool because we've been definitely more open to what they are kind of working with or working against or having to consider. And there's, you know, I think, those of us that are clinicians first and not educators formally in academia, it's really hard to think about all the things that they have to take into consideration and, and CAPD guidelines and all these things that they have to stay accredited with and, and also still try to have these students leave and be set up to be really, really good clinicians. With like the uh, mentorship itself that you guys set up, like I know it, a lot of it's like group based, you know, like kind of one mentor and then a lot of uh, like a group of uh, younger clinicians or students. What do you think is valuable about that setup versus like, you know, more of a one on one thing, I guess. 
Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like misery loves company. Like it's what we're doing is fucking hard. And I don't mean like what we're doing with like building level up. I mean, like the dedication it takes to constantly challenge your own biases, to constantly push for more, to be dedicated to that process is exhausting and tiring. But when you surround yourself with other people going through that, it becomes energizing. And so I think that's one of the keys of why you know, the small groups work really well is because it's connecting, it's connecting an individual with five other peers who are suffering through this, you know, and one, and one mentor who has a little bit more experience to help show them, you know, and spin that in a reassuring and positive way. So I think that's the real power of the small groups versus a one-on-one. I mean, besides for one-on-one, just not being feasible in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> running a <Yeah>. free mentorship. <laughs> the the one to six model works really well and it's uh it's just been so cool because there's been amazing relationships made people have linked up and jobs and job yeah jobs have been like we've been able to get people sick jobs out of it so it's just been really cool and I think it just comes back to it's so powerful like that's one of probably the most powerful pieces of what we do with level up is not even the education itself but the connections and the network and the community that you become a part of is like the hidden ROI on that is nuts. <laughs> and it's like, it's hard to like market that, but I think yeah. that's one of the coolest parts. I do think that the, with our particular or unique mission or vision with this, that the, the small groups and the differing perspectives coming together and having conversations is really there. There isn't a better fit or medium through which to do it just because, you know, if you think about in general, different books or movies or podcasts or whatever, as far as like following really successful groups or really successful companies, it's like they had groups of people that were different and they challenged each other and they had different ideas. So I think that's really the, our ultimate goal or or vision with the small groups. Um, And then again, the, the hidden ROI that Zach was referring to as far as what you end up getting. (laughs) I don't know, not sure what people exactly expect when they come in, Um, but, you know, sort of play your cards right or or use the community as, as, as best you can or to the, to the best of your ability. And you can really leave with, you know, an, an ongoing lifelong network that you can tap into and you can put into to help others like forever, (laughs) hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And one thing you guys touched on that I want to, I want to hit is like, you know, I think the principles that you teach is what's so valuable because like you're saying, the way that we approach physical therapy or whatever it is, like is going to shift over the years, but those principles of like growth mindset, critical thinking, listening, communication, like those are going to live on forever. Right. And so that it's cool. Right. Cause that's what you guys are teaching when you have, let's say people who go through the program, Um, or maybe who are even in it, giving you feedback, like what are some of the big takeaways that they feel are like very valuable for them as they go out into clinical practice? Yeah, I I mean, there's definitely like a spread, right? So there's not one consistent thing. And I think that's also one of the cool things is like, you know, 400 people go through it twice a year. That's what it's been averaging over the past, you know, three to four cohorts, which is freaking amazing. And so some like some of the consistent feedback is people are just like honestly just having knowing that i had a network and community of people that were going going through this as well was so reassuring and super motivating it's like that's one thing you know 
I think some people definitely do get a ton of value out of how it does shift their clinical reasoning and critical thinking about what really matters for, you know, providing high value musculoskeletal care. Um, <clears throat> Cause you kind of spoke to it. Like when we were developing this, it was almost like when we, when we thought of the sort of curriculum and the principles, we we're like, this is kind of like cheating because like this, like if having a growth mindset and like devaluing critical thinking, if that ever happens, like, I don't know if that's a world I want to live in. Like these are timeless, these are timeless principles. So like we need to be flexible as things change and that sort of sets you up to do it. So I'd say those were probably like the two, two probably biggest pieces of feedback that we get. Yeah. I think one of the other things that I've heard slash that I feel like are really cool about it is that it, it matters how people enter, like where they're at when they enter the program. Right. So there might be somebody who, like, if I think about if I entered this when I was like a, a new grad, literally just learning what a growth mindset is and how to have it in different aspects. And even after reading, even after starting level up and reading the book again, then becoming more aware about how you can have a growth mindset and be really freaking good at having growth mindset in one aspect of your life and others, you can be really crappy and that's okay. That's normal. So <laughs> So I think that, you know, if somebody hasn't been exposed to any of this and they come in like that, that might be their biggest rock and that's great. But I think the other more consistent thing with people who are going out on clinical and things is that we get a lot of feedback about the case-based learning and having the hypothetical conversation, hard conversations, because those are things that like you guys alluded to, you had each other. Um, but the way this is set up, especially in months three and four now with the emphasis on communication is, you know, people bring to the table conversations they're not sure how to have and they have them and they practice mm -hmm. them. So that's been a really, you know, we've gotten some feedback as far as like, you know, I was able to go talk to my CI, I was able to go talk to my professor or my classmate or patient. Yeah. Or my patient, um, after going through this with, with my group and it wasn't perfect, but it was so much better and I felt better and Sorry Penny. Penny. <laughs> no, this is awesome. It was good. We, we had a good run. So she's just getting, yeah. she's just getting hype, you know, about yeah. the new grad stuff. She's getting pumped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what has been the biggest shift for you guys over the course of the level up? Like, what have you, how have you guys noticed a change in how you approach things? Do you want to start? Yeah. I think, are you approach things as in like treatment? Or no, life, I, I, or... just, just say like you guys in general, like, have you had, like, what's your shift been like? I definitely have shifted more towards not worrying about smaller details with things. I'm still working on it, <laughs> but I think from a sense of principles based, both with, with treatment and my own clinical reasoning, but I'll also be honest, the, the reflection piece, because I think about being an example for everybody that is going through this. I, 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 that is in the back of my mind a lot. You know, if people are going to be learning from us and they're going to be asking us questions, like this isn't just our program and something we've put out or a mentorship and something we have, we also need to live it. Um, so that's been a constant reminder and really, really good. You know, I'm telling people to reflect more regularly. Okay. I need to slow down sometimes and reflect more regularly. Um, so I think it's almost like a glorified way of keeping myself in check and, the byproduct is a lot of growth over the last couple of years. I think we can vouch for that for each other. Yeah. I mean, it's personal it's, growth. It's nuts to think about me three years ago to me now, just <laughs> it, from like a human, like 
value standpoint because I'm definitely I've grown and matured so much and it's because of the built-in reflective piece of it like Steph was talking about with mindset it's like you could have so many things that you're like oh yeah I kill it with these areas but then when you reflect you're like holy hell like I like there's so many places that I can be better and like for me it's just that's probably been one of the biggest shifts is just reflecting on some of the areas that I can improve on like being more patient, being more empathetic, being more genuinely curious with differing perspectives. I've definitely like my temperature has definitely lowered um, True. since, since beginning level up and I, not in a bad way. Cause like, I still have that chip on my shoulder and I still have that like drive that like fires me up about this mission, but it's less coming from this like super antagonistic place now. And it's way more of like truly living like, you can't point fingers at people. You can only point the thumbs in at yourself, take ownership. And like, you have to be willing to have these hard conversations and meet people where they're at and not force your shit on everyone. So that's been the biggest, that's been the biggest growth for me for sure. Yeah. And I mean, the reason why I ask like for you guys personally is like, I just think what you're doing and and the things you're going through is much bigger than healthcare and it has an impact on the individual as a person more than, than anything. And this is maybe just me speaking from my experience, you know, and like when you have those mindset shifts and then you start to apply it to healthcare or your clinical practice, like it's, it's a game changer. So it's cool to hear you guys talk about the personal shifts, which also bleeds, I'm assuming bleeds over into your clinical practice. Right. So hundred percent. Oh yeah. I mean, clinical practice, like when I started level up, I was kind of still kind of like peak peeking into a lot of like the pain science rabbit hole where you know now I'm definitely still a huge advocate of it that people that people need to learn it and go through it but you know really being mindful of some of the flaws and shortcomings when we're like overly diving into that and um so I've definitely you know thanks to people like Mike Amato and other co-workers you know just constantly humbled and my practice looks different now than it did last year and I hope it continues on that way. So, so are gone the days that Zach Abur is chopping out people who have bad narratives around ultrasound, judo chopping people? Um, nah, I mean, <laughs> they're still catching that supina to logic court, but you know, maybe, maybe they're getting the, they're getting the supina to logic court. Maybe they're not getting the flying karate chop, but, um, don't, the flags. but it's, yeah. I mean, don't get it twisted. Like I said, like, it's not like, I'm like, Oh, you know, everyone do whatever you want and say whatever you want. Like, fuck that. Like, I yeah. mean, there's still like, still <laughs> there's a very, standard. There's a standard. Still, still very much like anti shitty narratives, but the way I might go about it still a little bit better. And I think I'm just a little bit more like, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm a little bit more realistic with like, what is me coming at them really going to do to change it? I'd rather just literally channel all of my frustrated energy into people that want to learn how to fight and combat this shit. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really been more of it is like the frustration's not different. Just where I'm, where I'm allocating my energy is different. That was a, that was a throwback to the very first Zach Abor episode we ever did. On yeah. The- yeah. That sounds about right. Was every other word, the F word? No, just karate chopping people with bad oh. narratives. He oh. <laughs> <laughs> actually did. Karate and there was like an actual chop involved. And, and, and probably a lot of cursing too. <laughs> Um, we're we're getting better yeah Yeah, growth right this is it (laughs) 
um, to wrap up, I'm like, I, I want to give each of you maybe like a, the mic to, you know, have like maybe that direct line to that new grad or that clinician that's like feeling frustrated, struggled, lost, you know, looking for ways to kind of navigate the complexity of, of this profession that we've all kind of chose to do. So I want to maybe give it to you guys and, and let you go with that. So first up, I give so much kudos to today's like students and new grads because we didn't have to go through this, you know, like we weren't exposed to all of the stuff when we were going through school. So first off, like hats off to everyone struggling through it. I think really without giving like a firm, firm, you know, solution, because I don't think there is one because <laughs> it's such a like layered and complex issue. I think the best piece of advice that I can really give is like, like you really just need to embed yourself and surround yourself in a great community of like-minded people that are going to help have some accountability, challenge you in a constructive way, and also give you reassurance and just like being able to go through it together. I think that's probably the biggest, most important thing you can do is really just surround yourself with a great community of people that you can work through it with. Um, because it's just everyone's problems are so unique to themselves that there's no one solution. But I do feel that getting involved in a passionate community of people that want to do better is the solution will be somewhere in there for you, you know, but that's really, I think, like the first step. I agree. I think that the challenges now are unique because you guys are exposed to so much more. And in the same breath there, I would say, don't with all this new information and with all, there's a lot of students and new grads out there doing, you know, a lot on social media and seemingly doing a ton of stuff. Don't compare yourself. That's one thing that I would say that I am very much so um, inclined to doing in general in my life. So that would, that would be one thing. And then in the same on the same token as what Zach was saying about surrounding yourself with people who will challenge you and kind of make you be better. Um, that is a must. And that's not necessarily in our profession. That's, that's in life. The third, I would say is really don't ever hesitate to reach out to somebody that you either look up to or that you feel like you want to learn from because, you know, I know you guys have spoken about this before too, but it's very rare, especially at least in our profession that you're going to, you're going to ask somebody, you know, to spend a little bit of their time and learn more about them and maybe learn a thing or two from them, um, and have them say, no, um, that's, you would be really surprised. I think the fear of doing that definitely outweighs the reality. Um, and if I hadn't done that, there's no way I'd be where, where I am. And the only regret I have is not starting to do it sooner. Um, so those are, those are my gems. <laughs> Love it. No, it's great. Um, where can people find level up? Where can they sign up for the next cohort? If that's going on, like drop all that good stuff. Yeah. So I think the ultimate, I mean, that's why we're pumped about teaming up with clinical athlete. Cause now we have the ultimate home base with them. So our prior Facebook community, now the Calu community, um, that's a free Facebook group and it's been popping. It's already been so fun, but you can get access to everything through there, including the four month mentorship. So that is, you, you can find us on Instagram at the level up initiative and the link for the Facebook group is right in our bio. Um, but our next, our next cohort will open for enrollment in June. 
and it starts in August and that's four months. But in the meantime, we offer two free journal clubs a month. We offer one case study every quarter and uh, a couple other little couple other, yeah, there's student call once a month with Chris Hugan. So there's some really great learning and networking opportunities every month. Still in, all for free. All for free in this new community with clinical athletes. So definitely check that out. And, and that's really where you can find us and reach out to us if you have any questions or. And keep eyes and ears open for um, Calu Summit details for this year. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> any new grad students listening? So we've had a lot of new followers. We've been trying to target our, our podcast even more towards like new grads and, and young clinicians and students. It's like, if you are not involved with Level Up in any way, like if you're not following them on Facebook or Instagram, do it. Like go and follow them. The amount of information they're putting out is is crazy. And it's cool, again, to watch the growth of it because there's people that we have DMs with that are like, yeah, I've been through Level Up. Like they didn't, they didn't find us first. They like find you guys and like, yeah, we went through Level Up and we saw this. And it's like, that to me is so cool to see the growth of like it becoming something that all new grads start to experience or students start to experience. So please, please check it out. Thank you. I mean, just lastly, like that was always the vision was like, we're not trying to necessarily teach this crazy, sexy system, but it was like the prerequisite for before you go on and take more clinically focused stuff is like get the baseline, like thinking, communication skills and reflection on point. And you're going to set yourself up for such an incredible journey because that's what it is. It's a journey of growth and we all are on different points, but building that foundation, it's uh, yeah, man, it's a wrap when you can do that. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, Zach, Steph, you know how much we appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for everything you've done for us. We're super excited to see the continued growth of Level Up. Right back at you. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, guys. Before you guys head out, we want to take a moment to tell you about the Movement Coffee Club. So the Movement Coffee Club is a new way that you guys can continue to be supportive of the PT Coffee Cast as well as be ingrained into the community. So we have three clubs for you. We have the Espresso Club, which if you join that club, you will get one message from me and Will a month saying thank you for all of your support. The second club is our Cafe Club. Here you'll get everything in the first club as well as a shout out on the show, put on a list of Coffee Club supporters and you'll get one bonus episode from us a month that no one else is going to get. Lastly, our favorite club, the Mug Club. In this club, you're going to get everything in the Espresso Club, everything in the Cafe Club, as well as a PT Coffee Cast mug, a monthly PT Coffee Cast coffee subscription to our official blend, and a monthly Mug Club Zoom call. So if you guys ever wanted to support the PT Coffee Cast, show us some love, say thank you for all of the things that we've done. We'd love for you guys to do it this way. It just helps us continue to grow, put out better content, have more amazing conversations with hype guests like the one that you're listening to right now, and allows us to level up our content. So you can join the Coffee Club by checking the link in the show notes or the link in our bio on Instagram. Thanks for tuning into this episode, and we look forward to keeping you guys coffee infused.